The trade deadline has passed. Is your team a buyer? A seller? Why not both? Hey, all that at week eight and the picks for this weekend? Well, because this is the push-off. Welcome to a new episode of the Push Up Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's Dan Bilo Sell High. Right. That's right, Dan. Ooh, a flurry of trades happen here on what we are recording trade deadline day. Uh, you could even and, say a storm, yeah. perhaps even even more advanced than a flurry. There's a lot. And the trade deadline is over, and this is one of those very few times where it's lined up nicely for Push Out Podcast, where we can come out with a show and probably, knock on wood, not be overdone with a news hit <laughs> prior to this well, coming out. There can't be any more trades. There's, 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 always, there's been a few releases, too, since then. I mean, the Cowboys released a couple guys, but... Yeah, this uh, this is a real deal thing. Uh, somebody had a great tweet that they said, I am old enough to remember when the NFL trade let deadline was meaningless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it used to happen in like week four, and the contracts used to be impossible to move, so no one ever traded anybody. Uh, you know, the only trades were ever done in the offseason, and those were few and far between. Yeah, no, it, it's it's certainly ramped up. It's getting, um, it's becoming, yeah, it's becoming a big thing each year where, Almost teams feel the itch to do it just to prove that they're a, a, a team that's looking to win now, uh, and and it gets your your name in the uh, news and things like that. Even that helps you. So, what did we see this week? I I've got a list here, a long old list of uh, the trades. We talked about a couple from last week. Christian McCaffrey, huge one. We've already seen yeah. him play for the Niners in two games already. No, just the one last week. No, he got to yeah, uh, his games. first. His first, he was just getting a couple touches. This was the full Christian McCaffrey Start package. Me, yeah, all San Francisco. Um, we talked about looking at my list here. Um, who else was already traded? Oh, uh, uh, Robert Quinn. Quinn. We talked about the Robert Quinn trade. Yeah, uh, we talked about Jonathan Hankins too. I, I, I don't even know if we did. It was just such a non-mover right. for the Cowboys. That was James about- Robinson. We talked about okay. James Robinson. James going. Robinson. Yeah, that was. I was like, there's another running back. Yeah, Robbie that was about Anderson. It. Okay, Rocky Anderson happened before last weekend, but right. Before, and I don't remember us talking about Deion Jones. Deion Jones did get traded earlier in the season uh, from Atlanta for a sixth round pick in exchange for a seventh. So that it's not really a needle mover. Yeah. Since then, <laughs> Kadarius Tony right before the week. Yeah. So Kansas City had him and not the Giants in Week Eight. Uh, and then let's go down the list from today. Now, the biggest one, Bradley Chubb, Miami Dolphins. I think that's the biggest news grabber. Uh, one of the most uh, 
one of the elites of the uh, of the defensive side of the ball, honestly. And the Denver Broncos, they're not doing a whole lot of hotness this year. Um, no. George Patton, the new GM there, I think he's trying to get back a first-round draft pick, so this is what he does. He sends it to Miami, and that's the biggest thing they got back from there. I don't have all of the compensation in front of me, Dan, but what I- do you think of this trade, Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins? Uh, so Bradley Chubb went for a first-round pick in 2023, and Miami got back. Uh, sorry, Denver gets Denver. Back. Denver got Chase Edmonds, who That's was a running right. back. That they were, and this goes directly into the Jeff Wilson thing coming up. Um, they got Chase Edmonds. They got a first-round pick next year, and they got a fourth-round pick the year after that. So in 2024, and in exchange. Uh, Miami got Bradley Chubb and a 2025 fifth round pick, which almost doesn't exist. <laughs> like it's it's a fifth round pick two years from now, so it's it's just really like, please, we need something else. It can't be three for one. Make it three for two. Forgot about that too. The Dolphins got that first round pick taken away. This isn't their first round pick. This was a first round pick they got from the Miami or from the San Francisco 49ers due to yeah. that big Trey Lance trade. Uh, you sent me a text earlier today. Yeah, do you want to cover that one? Because that was even before the Jeff Wilson trade, which, again, we want to talk about. But That in exchange for the ability to draft Trey Lance. For the Niners, yeah. The 49ers effectively traded, and this is just picks. This, this is what like, the Dolphins have collected with those picks, right? With the picks they got from the 49ers, they got Jalen Waddell, who we can all agree is pretty fucking good, <laughs> uh, Tyreek Hill, also pretty fucking good, and they just got, with the final of those three, Bradley fucking Chubb. Yeah. Oof. That's, yeah, that's some great front office moves there by the Miami <laughs> Who'd Dolphins. Who'd you rather have, right. those three dudes or Trey Lance's injured ass? At, at this point right now, it's obvious, but, yeah. Um, we were also hinting the Jeff Wilson trade, so the Niners sent him to Miami, uh, which they, yeah, ha- um, there's it's some for a fifth connection round there again too, yeah. Uh, and he was done there because McCaffrey's now in San Francisco, so they oh, yeah. pass him off. Other trades, um, <clears throat> staying on the defensive side of the ball, Roquan Smith got traded to the Ravens. This happened right after the Ravens played on Thursday night, and the Bears are getting a 2023 second and fifth round picks for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and AJ Klein. So they. You know, it's Ravens not like got, this is a guy that's really moving oh, it. He's right. like a 31-year-old bench guy, but they don't have to pick somebody up off waivers. They just get a, you know, backup middle linebacker. Now. Yeah, well, uh, linebacker that could plug and play for now. Um, and then the Bears today traded for Chase Claypool. Uh, Steelers are getting a 2023 second rounder as well. Did some digging. It is not the second rounder that they just got from the Ravens. It is the Bears one, so it's going to be probably lower uh, in the uh, draft order. Oh, higher, higher. It's higher, that's one. true. The way, yeah, yeah th- to explain it correctly, higher. Um, yeah, this is that's an interesting one. So you, you're selling off your big defensive stars, but you're you're going to buy a wide receiver. And I mean, you want to help Justin Fields, I guess. So this is one of those um, sample sizes, right, where you're basically saying, hey, we're going to give up a second-round pick if Chase Claypool is what we think he's capable of being, which is a big-bodied, fast, sure-handed wide receiver, this is an absolute fucking steal. If Chase Claypool is middling, 
we're going to have his rights, and then next year after his free agent, we may be able to get like a fourth round or a fifth round pick back from him in a compensatory way. They need, and this is the logic behind it, Justin Fields needs to start building rapport with these wide receivers. Mm-hmm. To do that now in the middle of the season is tough, but at least you're going to be like, hey, we went through the fire together, so then when the offseason comes, you know this is your guy. This is your number one target. The Bears don't really have another number one target. Chase Claypool gives them that opportunity, and he's effectively got another two and a half years of team control. Super young guy, too. He's the youngest by age uh, now for the Bears wide receiver group. Yeah. Yeah, he went to Notre Dame. Like, he knows yeah. the area. You know, he's a big-bodied guy. I mean, he's Canadian, so probably <laughs> is going to enjoy the, the true Lake Michigan cold. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a big guy. If he is able to put together all of the things that he is capable of, a second-rounder is going to look like a steal. I think it's a great trade by the Bears. Somebody's got to throw him the ball, though. But the one thing Justin Fields does well is the deep pass, and Chase Cliffle mm-hmm. could take the top off the, the – the defense. So yeah, I mean, I guess you if you sell it as a future thing, like you know we're gonna get him now and he's gonna help our team in in other seasons if not this one, then yeah, it works out. Yeah. Um, T.J. Hawkinson to my Vikings that happened today too. Uh, we're basically giving up a second rounder for him. There's some back and forth on fourth rounders, but uh, Vikings getting what Dan Wright did once call an elite prospect tight end. TJ I hold to that. I hold to that. Yeah. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is an immediate upgrade for you over a healthy Irv Smith. Right. It is a tremendous upgrade over a high ankle sprained Irv Smith. Yep. So it makes a ton of sense to me. Um, a second this year and a third is a pretty high pick for a guy that you're going to have to pay pretty good money next season. Um, but you do have him for team control. Mm-hmm. This is, once again, you may get a conditional back if he winds up leaving you anyway, but this immediately helps you in the run game. He's a great blocker. He's an excellent pass-catching threat, and this is a guy like Kirk Cousins who just needs one more option. Irv Smith was never able to make himself an integral part of that offense. I think TJ Hawkinson definitely can, and he can help you in the run game right now. I think it's a great trade. Yeah, I think the Vikings have been waiting for... Irv Smith to take off, and then he can't stay on the field due to injuries. That high ankle sprain came out. That's like an eight to ten week heel thing. Mm. So that's probably the end for him. His uh, rookie deal comes up. Um, to run through the others that got today, Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars. Calvin Ridley. Uh, we haven't said that name a lot this season, Dan. Why haven't we talked about Calvin Ridley this season? Because he's been suspended for gambling. <laughs> That's uh, right. He doesn't even get to get on the field. And it's kind of an indefinite suspension right now, isn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, when you look at what he actually gambled on, it, I think this will be a one year and it's done. It doesn't look like this is going to be a continued thing. You know, unless somebody pulls Calvin Ridley's bloated corpse out of a Vegas casino, I think we'll probably be okay. <laughs> um, and the interesting thing was what Atlanta got, and it's all conditional. So Atlanta's ready to move on from this dude because they got a conditional fifth rounder this year yeah. if he's reinstated and a conditional 2024 pick it's all in the second round. If he actually, if he does that, yeah, all this conditional trade stuff, which I think we're going to see more and more of. And the crazy thing is, if Jacksonville hits on this, they've got a guy who is probably a top 30 wide receiver. This is a guy that can play outside, play in the slot. One of the better route runners we've like still in the NFL. Calvin Ridley is a fantastic route runner. Yeah, uh, you can't take that away from him. If he's staying in shape and he's you know getting ready for the next season, I think this is a reasonable pick. Once again, if he is what he could be, a second 
and a fifth is a steal for Calvin Ridley. Um, we did not talk about Robert Quinn going to the Eagles, right? Did we Didn't talk we about talk, that? No, we talked about that last week. Last week I was in there. Okay. Then the only other ones were running backs. Uh, Naheem Hines leaving the Colts to the Bills. And so the Bills ship Zach Moss to Indy. Makes sense. I mean, they need an upgrade on the, you know, Devin Singletary is not really getting it done. We we love us some Devin Singletary, but mm-hmm. they also love a running back stable up there in Buffalo. Nobody's getting a ton of touches. Yeah. I think Naheem Hines is an immediate upgrade. Um, and basically to give up Zach Moss, and a con- Zach Moss and a conditional fifth is a bargain as well. I think it's a great trade by Buffalo. And to get another pick out of it for Indy, I think, is a smart move because they're dead in the water. All right. Um, so those are most of the trades that we kind of go through. But, man, a long, long list uh, as it blew up here this afternoon. So it's nice that we get to hit that at first, get that out of the way. The only other news that came up this week is uh, – Two teams getting new stadiums. We're getting a look at them. There's uh, some renderings cycling around online. So if you're fans of the Tennessee Titans or the Buffalo Bills, take a Google and a look at where you might be seeing some future games. You might be taking the kids one day. Uh, The Tennessee Titans are getting one of those clear roofs, as you would expect. Um, Those are in fashion right now. Um, Minnesota... LA with uh, SoFi, those things are, are big there. Like a little opening kind of slit there, so it's not sure, technically, yeah. but it is enclosed or whatever. Buffalo not. Buffalo's still open to the elements. That was, I think, important for the Bills, and I'm glad they are kind of doing that too. But uh, both those teams in need of a new stadium, especially the way the stadiums are being built now. You and I have been to, uh, what is it, Nissan Stadium? <laughs> we were. Down there yeah, Tennessee? we walked through there. It seems like a mid-level college stadium. It really does. I mean, it was nothing to really to write home about. Lovely location. Um, I love how beautiful plan that perfectly. It's on this side of the river, crossover, a little pedestrian thing that can just be full of Titans fans singing your Titan Up song as you go to the bars that's lining the streets there in Nashville. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's a lovely location. When the Titans do this... That, I mean, downtown Nashville is fun. We've been, we went for the draft a couple years ago. It was a blast. Adding a stadium that, you know, now all of these stadiums are also getting these, like, sort of adjunct stadium towns all around them. Um, Downtown Nashville is going to be a fucking hoot, man. Um, That is going to be a hell of an event center. I am always wary of the amount of public money these things are getting. Oh, sure. Um, You know, it's going to be around one point like one and a quarter billion dollars that Tennessee and Nashville are actually giving them to build this. Yeah. And it's a fucking boondoggle every time. So that's the one thing that, you know, gives me a little bit of pause is, you know, yeah. fuck, it's going to be like a $2 billion stadium and the state's picking up a billion of that. It's, t- it's tough to celebrate it when you know that, yeah, a lot of um, people getting stuck with a bill that never asked for it. No, didn't expect a sporting event to, yeah, but man, this is what's coming this way. and You argue the revenue and the other side of it and the money that comes in because fans will travel, but, you know, whatever. I I think Nashville is a lovely uh, um, city. Hopefully hopefully it's smart with this and keeps it going. Um, and then, you know, we know the Bears, and we'll see what happens with Arlington or staying in Chicago if that's an option or whatever. But, 
Yeah, there's interesting stuff happening on the horizon as some of these teams come up and want to be, you know, the tip top of uh, of wealth and and what is owned in the stadium and, and in the the uh, franchise. Okay, Dan, let's hit the games because we're already this deep into the show and we only had two teams on a bye this week. Luckily for us, <laughs> we next, go next week is a big old bye week, so we have less games to talk about for next week. But, yeah, let's get through. A um, couple of games here could have been game of the week. Uh, I chose one that, in in the long scheme of things, we might forget about. In the long <laughs> scheme of things, it might not be one that, that crosses our minds much yep. after this week or the next. but I think I know where you're going with this. It could be one of two, honestly, Dan, um, that, that fit this, I think. But this was one that was a, a, a wild finish and a blast to watch mostly through. The Carolina Panthers lose in oh, Atlanta yeah. <laughs> 34-37. Overtime. It is the only overtime game here. Um, P.J. Walker, man, is he looks comparable back there. He threw for over 300 yards. Uh, he's got form and working well uh, in the backfield. I mean, had a huge game here, three touchdowns. Um, DJ Moore with his touchdown. We'll talk about him, but 152 yards here. And then Mariota, multiple touchdown game, did throw two picks. This game was back and forth. It was, let's flash forward, 21 all, early fourth quarter. Falcons with a lead, 28-31, about two minutes left. Uh, there is a fourth and 17 where the ball hits DJ Moore in the hands. He can't bring it in. Turnover on downs. Game seems over then. Falcons do nothing with it. Panthers get it back, and you go, I knocked over a drink. Panthers get it back, and you go, you know what? <laughs> There's a chance they have here. They still have a chance. Um, it gets it, it uh, deep pass. Moore catches it 62-yard touchdown, double covered. Yeah, I, I was surprised that he even gets this. You had to know the ball was going to him, but this is what happens. <laughs> He's so excited, throws his helmet off, flag, and beca- which is fair. That's that's a well established rule. It is. It and uh, when I was growing up, actually, too, when that rule came on, it, my my family called it the Emmett Smith rule. Yeah, Emmett Smith was a bit of a glory whore. He used to do that all. He the would time. take that helmet off all the time, kind of get his face on that big screen. Um, but anyways, he they uh, they call it, and because the game was only tied, it took the extra point still. So the extra point was where the penalty came. So what was going to be a 33-yard field goal, 15 yards back, becomes 48 yards for Eddie Pinheiro. Well, he misses it, and then you go, camera on DJ Moore now rest of the time because we're going to overtime. Uh, this game almost looks over because it's in I, – I, I'm going to keep talking, Dan, and then we'll jump in. Yes. Henderson interception. Returns it all the way back down there. Panthers now setting up for a game winner from, you guess it, 33 yards away, which would have been the normal extra point distance <laughs> if there wasn't any penalty. Pinheiro misses that one too. So in my mind, that kind of kind of takes DJ Moore off the hook. But Oh, absolutely it does. <laughs> you have to see for you. Falcons take it down the field. Young Waku from 41 out to win it on that next drive. <laughs> the Falcons escape with a win on these Panthers team that should be given up, but they've had quite a turnaround these last two games. Just yeah, the the Panthers are a hoot to watch over the past couple weeks. Um, you can 
you can very easily just look at this Panthers team and go, are you guys happy Matt Rule is gone? Because you're playing better than you have been all year, and it's a fucking dream to watch these Panthers. I'm not saying they're good, but a 2-6 and six Panthers team is a blast to watch. We also need to give a lot of credit to the 4-4 four and four Atlanta Falcons that are leading their division. Yeah, we thought that. this was a joke franchise. We thought this place was like, you guys are going after the first pick. Marks Mariota is, you know, just holding this bag till somebody else comes and takes it from him. This offense is fucking tough to defend. There's a lot of runners. There's a lot of pass-catching options. Drake London looked good. Kyle Pitts looked good. Demir Bird had that tremendous touchdown in this game. The Falcons are fun. The Falcons are fun, and they're leading a really, really bad NFC South. That being said, the Carolina Panthers trading a bunch of players, you know, getting compensatory picks, I thought they'd be doing a bit more of a fire sale. Mm -hmm. But if the Carolina Panthers can even win two or three more games for the rest of the season... I think they might wind up being a free agent destination because this team does have some talent on it. They've got some talent in DJ Moore. They've got some talent defensively. Um, they're a blast to watch, and this is a great opportunity uh, for their new head coach. Uh, who? What the fuck? The guy who was the head coach in Arizona. Wil- Wilkes. Wilkes? Yeah, Steve, Steve Wilkes. Wilkes. Yeah. And this which- is a great opportunity for Steve Wilkes to say, I deserve to be the head coach of the Panthers. Yeah. And, you know, just making an easy transition if he can turn this thing around a little bit. I guess he's a local Charlotte guy. Um, and we were kind of ones that were uh, a little bit on his side when uh, the Cardinals shipped him off after one year. Yeah. Drafted. Uh, um, Kyler, yeah. Yeah. They drafted Rosen. We drafted and Rosen Steve with Wilkes. him. Then shipped him off. Kyler and Cliff came in on uh, like as a one-two punch, and that was it for Steve Wilkes. So yeah, he, the guy does deserve another shot. I agree with you. We and so far in Carolina, he's proven that he's not he's not over his head on it. He looks like much nope. better than Matt Rules so far, and Christian McCaffrey's gone. So what does that tell you? Um, the Atlanta Falcons on the other side. You're right. Also fun. I think this division that they are now leading is still coming up to a, well, one of these teams will win the division, get a home game, but that's they it. They have to. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it in this as far as playoffs. Uh, the Falcons are at home this week. They have the Chargers coming off a bye. That is my segue into week nine. Chargers-Falcons, Dan. I mean, I'm sure the Falcons had a blast. I'm sure they celebrated. And I, I don't, I'm not 100% sold on this Chargers team. No. But... The Chargers are coming off a bye week. That helps a lot, especially at this point in the season. You've already played eight games. Your body needs a bit of a break. Um, I think they come in here, they beat it Atlanta Falcons team, but I don't think they embarrass them. I think Atlanta has themselves a decent game, but the Chargers desperately need a win, and they desperately need it coming off a bye week. So I'm going to go my Justin Herbert. I'm a Herbert pervert. Let's go Chargers. <laughs> Uh, you basically said exactly what I was thinking for this game. I do think it's going to be close, but I like the Chargers off a bye, but they don't scare me. They're not a, Yeah, everything you said, I was like, yep, this is basically what I was going to say. So <laughs> I'm going Chargers too. I'm not going to waste any time. Um, as we, yeah, you're still picking first, in, but again, that's only because of previous weeks. Ah, mm. As we'll get to at the end. Um, all right, the other game that I was talking about at the at the top, saying it could be it could be two. Another one that was a blast to watch, but again, we'll probably forget about it unless you know um, 
the new uh, starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. This is like just his first one, and we talk about it the, the early start. But no, Commanders win in Indy, 17-16. Neither of us saw this coming. We didn't pick it. Um, it was it was kind of a slow one, honestly, until the end of this game. Uh, it was. <laughs> seven, three Not com- a fun first three quarters. Right, 7-3 Commanders at the half, 7-9 uh, after a bunch of field goals. Colts finally get in the end zone with about 12 minutes left in this game, and they're up 16-7. to They got two-score lead. They look in control. Um, that's not enough. The uh, uh, commanders fight their way back. Comes down to a seconds-left deep pass down to the one to Terry McLaurin, and then the sneak in uh, from Heineke. They take the lead with about 20 seconds left at that point, and the commanders win on the road, and Indy and their st- New starting quarterback. I'm blanking on his name. Help me out. Sam Ellinger. Thank you, Ellinger. Uh, because of the benching of Matt Ryan last week. Uh, he didn't look awful, but a slow start. Slow start. And uh, this game got Marcus Brady, the offensive coordinator for the Colts, fucking fired. Yeah. Um, as well it should. I mean, the Colts offense hasn't looked good all year. You can blame Matt Ryan all you want and be like, Ellinger's ready, Ellinger's ready. And then Ellinger comes out and has a game like this where you go, okay, this is just a bad offense. This offense doesn't really know what it's doing. So I think it's a smart move. Um, This is also something that happens with coaches when they know they're on the hot seat Mm -hmm. is, you know, Frank Reich's like, okay, well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die calling the offense. Yeah. Where's those deck chairs? This This Titanic is going down. Yes. (laughs) But that's the thing. I can't tombstone this indie team. They just lost to Washington. They're, you know, basically sat a, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback so they could start a sixth-round pick. But this division's not real good. <laughs> True, <laughs> but know, it's, it's the not AFC. completely out of reach. Yeah, they've oh, got to catch the division almost, though. You're right. They've they've got to win the division. They've got to win the division. That's their only chance. I Tennessee has not been blowing my hair back. You no, know, but Tennessee haven't beat they Houston all... by one score this week. Well, haven't they already swept the Colts? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Yes, they did. <laughs> Soon, though. <laughs> Soon though. No, Titans have swept the Colts. October Already? Sec- October second and October twenty third. Twenty four to seventeen in Indy. Ten to nineteen last week. Yes, they did. Am yeah. I crazy? Oh wow. So they are I didn't know they played them. <laughs> I thought they had another one at the end of the season. They're technically over in what then? Three games? Three and a half? Ooh. Yeah, okay. No, they're they're almost tombstoned. Just give it another week. <laughs> Because, yeah, the AFC is just that tough, and the Colts, yeah, and I, I'm afraid, too, that if there's no playoffs or if they are really going to be a below 500 team, then that's it for Frank Reich, I think. Oh, it has to be. I mean, it might be the same thing for Chris Ballard. You know, you might be throwing the baby out with the bathwater here, mm. um, especially if they're really bad, and then you have to think about drafting another quarterback pretty high because there's – you know, this is very early, but there's three potential top ten quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah, there's you know, a, so a if, lot of teams that need a quarterback. But you that's saying that Ursay's kind of going to throw off the handle. Like, he's a wild one that would make a wild move like that. And I just don't know that about Ursay, the, the owner of the Colts, right? I don't I don't think it's a wild move at this point. I mean, <laughs> no. you've you've seen them. He is a wild I guy, mean, though. Oh, was, he's, yeah, he's a pill-popping yeah. lunatic. But this would be the thing where he'd take a bunch of Quaaludes and be like, all right, let me really get myself situated here. I'm going to pop some Xanax. I'm going to get some Quaaludes. I'm going to pop a couple opiates. 
and just have myself a nice weekend. <laughs> and then I'm going to really make this decision on Frank Reich. And then when he wakes up four months later, he goes, oh, shit, I missed the draft. Yeah. So I think that's probably Ursay's plan. Um, if Frank Reich doesn't turn this around, he deserves to be fired. You can't lay all the blame on Carson Wentz, who hasn't looked great, obviously, and Washington's going to move on without him. Uh, and then bring in Matt Ryan, throw Matt Ryan under the bus, and then get Sam Ellinger and then fire your offensive coordinator. Like, at a certain point, the buck stops somewhere, and it's got to stop with Frank Reich. Mm. So if they wind up – like, they haven't won the AFC South the entire time Frank Reich has been there. Isn't that crazy? It They've is. never won the division during a Frank Reich year. But he's been there – only like three or four seasons, right? Hasn't only been there. But he's never won the division. That's true, and you're right in that. And that is a very winnable division. Come on, Titans! All right, so yeah, that's where we're at with the Colts. They're in a lot of trouble. Uh, let's continue on. Let's continue on with another game from that last week. And this is one that I don't think we would have thought was going to hold as much weight as it is holding this season. The New York Giants lose in Seattle, thirteen to twenty-seven. Uh, Geno Smith, two touchdowns. Seahawks defense was on fire at this one with five sacks. It was just seven all at the half. But, uh, no, I'm sorry, it was 10-7 Seahawks at the half. Mm -hmm. Um, Seattle had a huge fourth quarter, two touchdowns. They didn't let the Giants in the end zone after that, and it just took over from there. Geno Smith has looked so good (laughs) this season that it is almost like we all owe him an apology. I certainly seem to owe him an apology. It also seems strange that Geno Smith is having this sort of a year after uh, the Amish rifle has left the league. There needs to be some wild, can he be a starter-level quarterback oh. that exists in the NFL. Yeah, And I think that's what we're getting with Geno Smith. With Fitzpatrick yeah. gone, you go, okay, who's the next guy that's like, well, he could be a starter, he could be a transitional guy, he could be a potential franchise guy. Geno Smith has looked fantastic. And Pete Carroll looks like a fucking genius getting rid of Russell Wilson for the amount that he got for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's certainly on the race uh, to get comeback player of the year uh, honors, things like that. I mean... Uh, what Seattle is doing on what should be a down season by all accords is pretty impressive. And they have given now a uh, nice blueprint on if people were having a hard time, and it seems like they were, on how to stop these New York Giants. Uh, you you slow Saquon. You slow Saquon, you hold him two and a half yards per carry, something like that, and you force Deion Jones to drop back 30-plus times. Uh, that's what's going to be the problem there because I think that all the Giants want to do is keep that ball on the ground on offense. Um, yeah. They don't really have the weapons through the air um, to win a high-scoring game. And you and me, that's, I think, why we picked Seattle in this in mm-hmm. in uh, in Seattle. I, we just thought Giants' defense has been playing very good, but Seattle gets enough points in their way that they would just outscore the Giants here, and I think that's what we saw. Yeah, the uh, the Cowboys actually didn't need to get that memo on how to stop the New York Giants. Just oh, we we had received that message long ago because we wrote the original memo. The gi- um, and the Giants are in the bye week, week nine. So which I think this also doesn't. If you're Brian Dable and you're the New York Giants, you can kind of hold your head up high after a loss like this. You go, we traveled across the fucking country. Sure, nobody thought we'd be six and two right now. 
they're technically in third place in the NFC East, but they're in the lead. You know, they're one of the top two seeds in the wild card for yeah. the NFC right now. People thought, I mean, Seattle and New York is a great example of, we thought Seattle would win five games all year, not in the first half of the season. We thought the Giants wouldn't sniff six wins at all. The fact that they've already got that in the bag is a great sign for the rest of the season. As long as the Giants don't completely fall apart, nine or ten wins seems completely reasonable. And the Seahawks in the same vein. Nine or ten wins. It may not win the NFC West, especially if the 49ers with Christian McCaffrey look as good as they looked this week. But still, it is a great example of Seattle moving forward, going to get a bunch of draft picks. This is going to be a fun place to coach and play. Pete Carroll might not be done. Yeah, uh, that's what this season has shown me. Yeah, uh, the Rams look like they're in trouble, so Seahawks are kind of filling that void there. And I agree with you. The Giants, you can say that they should hold their head up high. Six and two is awesome, but that division, and you know, if you don't if you don't catch up with the Eagles, and it's going to be very hard to do it. And I, and even if you do catch up, and the Eagles slip, you got to worry about your Cowboys. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work out for the Giants, then you're playing a road game in the playoffs and how far do you expect to do that all on the road i mean defense running game you're kind of built that maybe you can shock some people but that's going to be very hard uh, to pull so it is still becomes very important to keep the race up in that division and the giants are not deep either you know this is not a deeply talented team this is Daniel Jones doing everything he can, but he, you know he has not looked like a world beater all season. And if you can do what they did and stop Saquon Barkley, the whole offense kind of falls apart. To your point, yeah. Okay, so Giants bye week. We see what happens there. They didn't uh, make any trades. They traded away Kadarius Tony this week, so we see what happens. He wasn't playing. That's fine. That's true. They really weren't using him. Let's talk about my Vikings win. Uh, they beat the Cardinals thirty-four to twenty-six. Uh, Take their sixth win. They, they keep that uh, five-game win streak now going, make it, making that, you know, getting my hopes up a little bit, getting me a little <laughs> too excited, but we'll see here. Uh, in this game, Murray had over 300 yards, three touchdowns, but he threw two picks. Kind of a messy game for him. Hopkins is the go-to in the Cardinals. Dang, that, that he's back. Uh, 12 catches, 159 yards, and a one-handed snag touchdown. Uh, more with over 100 yards from scrimmage, most of that on, on one drive that we allowed to have. And then on the other side of the ball, Cousins, two touchdowns, ran one in uh, like he's a mobile quarterback. <laughs> Dalvin Cook's best game of the season, 141 oh, yeah. total yards from scrimmage. And then uh, Zadarius Smith is uh, becoming you know my favorite Green Bay Packer cast off since that uh, quarterback that likes to take uh, money from Southern Mississippi poor. Um, z- yeah, you z- can Darius. actually just say Southern Mississippi; it's the same thing. But it, yeah, it, it all it's redundant. It's, call it's all Southern inclusive. Mississippi poor. Uh, Zadarius Smith, man, three sacks in this game. I mean, he's, he's playing all banged up as much as he can, but when is it is needed? He flips a switch, he turns it on. He's in the backfield. It's awesome. Uh, a back-and-forth game, a seesaw of a game, as I've watched uh, from these Vikings. Um, plenty of opportunities to put the foot on the throat and end it, and then, nope, we'll let the teams crawl back in. Uh, at one point, two-score lead, wholly lost, and then another two-score lead, turnovers, down to two points. But they kept answering it, and when they answering, that's that's encouraging. That's what I like about that. Um Vikings win it, 34-26. What'd you see, Dan? 
Well, we talked about this last week. Your team used to lose these games. Yeah. Last year, this was a Vikings loss 100% of the time. It happened in Arizona that way. I think it was an overtime loss. Yeah. Very tight one of these Cardinals. It seems as though Kirk Cousins is playing within himself all game. Um, I think I, I don't remember ever seeing Kirk Cousins scamper before. Yeah, like that. To tell you that a guy feels good in the offense is when you get a pocket quarterback, and Kirk Cousins is a prototypical pocket quarterback that just goes, yeah, I think I'm going to rip one of these off here for a, for a touchdown. <laughs> you know, the guy just seems completely comfortable. Your offensive line is much improved. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook doing what you wanted him to do when he was drafted, and you still have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. It's just it's getting not fair for you guys offensively. And if Hawkinson is what I think he is, your offense turns into maybe one of the top seven most dangerous in the NFL. And with your defense still cooking along the way they are with, you know, Smith and Harrison, well, the Smiths, mm-hmm. uh, Zadarius and Harrison, and you've got a really good linebacker core, you're getting uh, a decent amount of push from Harrison Phillips yeah. at the nose, you guys are dangerous. And it's 6-1 and one with a really firm grip on the NFC North. As long as you don't take your foot off the gas, this is it feels like a guaranteed playoff spot. Yeah, I I would think that too, given where the rest of the division's going and and the problems. Like, even if the Vikings start turning up some stinkers, uh, you have to ask the Packers to somehow in that schedule win about three, four straight. They would have to, and I don't know if Green Bay has that team this year. So, that I I'm kind of in agreement with you there. However. Real quick, I'll tell you where where I stand with this Vikings team because I think everybody's kind of been like, yeah, but they're not that good, right? Like you don't think they're – and I would think people are interested in that. So I, the most confident Vikings team I ever watched was probably like 1998. Oh, yeah. 2009 comes right around there too. Uh, those ones were just different feeling ones, and this team nowhere near that. Uh, sure. Because those – you know, games would just be put away, fourth quarter, seeing backups and things like that. Uh, this is almost closer to 2017, and even that, they were putting teams away, I think, a little bit better in more games than this. Uh, and 2017 was, yeah, the uh, Case Keenum and that race and, sure. and meeting the Eagles in the championship game. Uh, but it was enough. You see, they they were able to get in there. That was back when playoffs still had you a bye week. And it was it needed a Minnesota miracle to even take one playoff win. That type of team. So I think that's where we're at. But the encouraging thing again, like you said, you rattled off all those names and the players and the teams that they have. There is the potential still, as long as they stay healthy, as long as they stay on the field, to get even better to this offense to get even better than what the six and one has accomplished. And that's what's encouraging and that's what i hope happens just in time for the biggest games because this nfc you know we're up there we're probably a playoff team but eagles and i mean you could list almost the nfc east none of you guys are pushovers there cowboys eagles giants um funny you bring up the nfc east (laughs) yeah i mean that's surprising right that the south doesn't scare me but uh the niners do the uh and are these Seahawks for real now? Come on. So anything can happen. I've 
again, I'll, I'll uh, quote it out again. I've never seen my Vikings win back-to-back playoff games. <laughs> I'd like to see that this season. Let's go. So the reason I say it's funny you bring up the NFC East is you guys are slated against us. Oh, this perfect year. segue, Dan. Yeah. You, you lost to the Eagles, but uh, you have a chance to uh, even it up in the NFC East this week because you're going to the Commanders, and That's I'm going right. to need you all to win that game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Vikings at Commanders. Uh, I'll have you pick first, Dan. What do you think? Oh, I mean, you know I'm, I am a pseudo-Vikings fan <laughs> because they're fun, and I like watching them, and, you know, I don't uh, I don't revel in your discomfort. We actually did play each other in fantasy this week, and I trounced you, and that's important you for did. everybody to know. Travis um, Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, those are the guys that trounced me, yep. Yeah, can't, can't hate that. Uh, but, yeah, I think you're better than the Commanders in every facet of the game. Taylor Heineke is like a poor man's Kirk Cousins. So, you know, <laughs> that's that's not a good place to be. Um, so I, I think you win this game. Yeah, they, uh, they're playing with some fire, so it's a little scary. But uh, And we're going into theirs, uh, so we'll see what happens. But I'll take Vikings as well. Uh, again, I, I agree with you. I think it's a big – it's a needed win. We go to Buffalo the week after that. You know, then, we, then the testing starts happening. So And then the Cowboys come to visit. Yeah, no, it doesn't get easier after this Commanders win. So, or win, I'm saying. This Commanders game, so we better go win it. How about the Seattle Seahawks going to Arizona? They're playing the Cardinals, a little NFC West matchup next week. So this is going to be a weird one. Yeah. Um, I'm actually picking the Cardinals to win. Okay. So I've been impressed with Seattle. Seattle's on a bit of a roll, but in your game, I saw the glimmers of the really good uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the sort of supernova DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, yeah. And if... And I think Kyler is going to be able to take better advantage of their defense than he was of yours. I'm going to pick an upset here. I'm going to pick the Cardinals against the Seahawks. Which I think you're right. I think it is an upset, even though it's in Arizona. I don't think the Cardinals have really a home field advantage feeling this season. Um, I'll take Seattle to keep riding the hot hand. I, I think you're right. The Cardinals aren't aren't as bad as a record at three and five, but no. I think Seattle is as good as theirs at five and three. So I'll sure. take the Seahawks. In that one. Um, all right, we still got a couple more in this first half, and we are running long, so I'm going to push it, Dan. Patriots, Jets. Patriots 22, Jets 17. This one, not an exciting one to watch, but an important one, I think, because we're looking at two teams in the bubble of the AFC, especially AFC East. Um, Jets have an opportunity there to take that second seed uh, in that division, but can't do it the way that they played in that game. Uh, well, they're tied with the Dolphins as it is now, but uh, Jones touchdown and interception. Stevenson had a good game. It was it was Nick Folk. Nick Folk kicked five field goals. Mm-hmm. Patriots had all these opportunities just to end this Jets stuff that really wasn't working on Sunday, but they just kept kicking field goals. Zach Wilson, 355 yards, but he threw three interceptions with his two touchdowns to Conklin, the old tight end for the Vikings. Yeah. Jets defense sacked Mac Jones, who started this game six times. They had a 10-6 lead at the half, but this game was 22-10 to with that last Jets touchdown coming with about two minutes left. This is the sort of game that gets you removed from the starting quarterback position if you're not careful, Zach Wilson. Yeah, or um, Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones didn't look great in this. Um, the offense didn't look good. I mean, the Patriots offense really hasn't looked very good all year. Mm. Um, you know, I, 
you can kind of see, like, Josh McDaniels, I'm sure, is kicking himself. He's out there coaching the fucking Raiders and uh, could be coaching a Mac Jones to a, a nice sophomore season. Instead, they're both miserable. Um, and Mac Jones may not have his starting role for much longer because Bailey Zappi is uh, less of a problem, I guess. Yeah. Um, but Zach Wilson threw the ball 41 times. Three interceptions, critically bad fucking interceptions. Yeah. Um, just bad decisions. Uh, you know, one was... Uh, the first play of the fucking series, he just throws an interception, and it's a, a terrible, terrible play. Um, the Patriots punt, he throws another interception all in the third quarter. It's like, at, at that point, you feel the game slipping away. You know, he was starting to press. He wasn't taking what the defense is giving him. And with Robert Sala's defense, who, as you noted, is really tearing up these Patriots, all you have to do is stay within yourself. I think the thing that hurts them is you lost Brees Hall for the year, even bringing James Robinson in, he didn't have a ton of time, couldn't pick up pass pro, so he's not able to get into a rhythm. Michael Carter is a, a fine off-pace back, but you need a bell cow, and that's what James Robinson's supposed to be. He just wasn't able to do it in this game. I'm not pressing the panic button in New York, but you know Wilson needs to make some strides before they start looking to replace his ass. Yeah, you're right. Without Brees Hall, kind of they turned to Zach Wilson to move that offense and... Yeah, one of those interceptions, he was trying to throw it away on the sidelines. It's like, okay, come on. Those are bonehead stuff. Um, The Patriots keep their slim hopes alive here. They're 3-5. and They have a Colts team coming to them. It's uh, Colts at Patriots this week. I'm going to believe in Sam Ellinger. I'm going to believe in Frank Reich taking a bunch of tricks out of the bag (laughs) and doing everything he can. But you've also got to remember Bill Belichick hates Frank Reich because Frank Reich helped steal a Super Bowl from him. So it's mm. – we're right there. I'm I'm going to give it to the Colts because I'm a Sam Ellinger <laughs> fan and I want his career to go somewhere. Uh, so maybe this is more heart than head. Uh, but I'm going to pick the Colts over the Patriots. Um, I was wrong. It's The Patriots are 4-4, four and four, not 3-5. and five. Uh, I'll yep. take the Patriots at home. I think – and I think it's going to be a tight game. I, Patriots have had a hard time stringing together – a couple of good games in a row, honestly, this season. But I'll take them here because I don't like the Colts even more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about the Sunday nighter before the break. Uh, Packers, Bills, Bills, 27, Packers, 17. Uh, this one was all Buffalo early, yeah. uh, 24 to 7 at the half. The Packers climbed back in there. The Bills kicked just a field goal in the second half. That's all they needed to do. But Allen, two touchdowns. He did throw two picks. Um the Packers can move the ball with Aaron Jones if they want to. They just don't usually want to. Yeah, I, I was going to say this. The final score is closer than the game felt. It never yeah. felt like the Packers were in this. It never felt like they had a chance in this. It never felt like Aaron Rodgers was doing anything other than like the bare minimum. <laughs> um, I mean, this is a good Buffalo defense, but yeah, he was not making plays. He was kind of taking what was available, and there wasn't much available. When your leading receiver is Robert fucking Tanyan with 35 yards, not great. Uh, Aaron Jones had a great game. You know, you can run on this Bills team, but they basically did the old Belichickian thing and said, we'll give you Aaron Jones, but we're taking away all of your pass routes. You know, none of your guys are going to get open. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be the game changer. And that seems to be a nice way to neutralize this Packers offense. Yeah, um... And the Packers did nothing here in this uh, 
trade deadline. They tried to, apparently, the rumors are, but that they couldn't get anything accomplished is, is quite telling, and it's un, it's unfortunate that for the Packers, then they're, they're going to need something here. They needed some type of flash-in-the-pan thing to, to kick them into gear because they're in a tailspin right now. I mean, we knew they were going to lose this game. It's just you came in losing the ones that you did. Yeah. Need something here, so uh, if they can, can't lose to the Jets and Giants in back-to-back weeks, right? And uh, if you can, and can technically you could call those home games, even though one was in London, they were considered your home games. So yeah, how you break yourselves out of this one is is going to be very tough from here. Um, the Bills, however, are going to New York. They're playing the Jets uh, this week. Buffalo still looks like a world beater. Are the Jets the best chance here to? You know, I know the Dolphins beat them already once in Miami, but can the Jets take a chunk out of the Buffalo Bills? Not with the way Zach Wilson is playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I we like the Jets. We're not against the Jets, but the Jets are about to have themselves a nice little mini losing streak, and uh, I I think the Bills are able to handle them nicely. Yeah, yeah. Try to make this one tighter than it is. I think even in New York, the Buffalo Bills will come in ready to go, as they have been all season long. Uh, ain't picking against them yet. Uh, they'll need to, to really throw something to in order for in order for me to start doing that. Let's take a break because when we return, we're gonna have to push through a lot of games and we're gonna have to push them mighty fast. So don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. This is the push off. Thank you, everybody, for sticking it right here. Uh, we've returned from the break, so it's time to get through some games. It's time for two minutes. No offense. Because no offense, but if you find yourself in this section of the program, you're the Denver goddamn Broncos this year. Each Jesus and every week. Yes. God, <laughs> do something, Denver. Jesus. I feel like poking your dead body with a stick. Hey, they anyway. did win. They did win. I know, but it, pathetically. <laughs> Start that clock. Uh, ready to go. Broncos did win in London, 21-17. Yuck, 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 yuck. This was a fucking terrible game. And somebody made a point that literally Trevor Lawrence is the worst fourth quarter quarterback in history. And he threw an interception that was lit. Like, I think I texted you immediately. Trevor Lawrence has awful fucking field awareness. Mm. They were marching. He threw it at the fucking two. He threw it at the fucking two. Like, do not put your team in terrible fucking positions. Your team is not good enough for you to do this sort of thing. I'm rambling. God damn it. Jacksonville's terrible. Broncos are terrible. They're both sellers. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders get shut out in New Orleans. 24 to nothing. Garbage. Garbage team. Josh McDaniels should never be able to be a head coach again in the NFL. I mean, look what he did to this spunky Raiders team. He turned them into a fucking garbage heap. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. New Orleans is fun at 3-5, and five, though. Yeah. Just, a, I mean, just a, an a, laying an egg like that. That's wild. Uh, the Eagles rocked the Steelers in that uh, game for Pennsylvania, 13-35. to 
Listen, I had to take the Steelers because I hate the fucking <laughs> Eagles. But, yeah, I kind of knew this was over early. You know, Kenny Pickett's, you know, not having a great time. Uh, Najee Harris. A uh, lot of negative shit about Najee Harris. Seems like, you know, he might be uh, a, on the Trent Richardson slope. Surprising. So, uh, How about yeah, A.J. Brown? Three out. touchdowns. Good guy. Oh, and what a great trade that was. Finally, 49ers beat up on the Rams 31-14. to Yes, I'm putting this game in two minutes. If this is what the 49ers offense is going to be for the rest of the year, oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. With this defense, you're going to put this sort of an offense together where Christian McCaffrey is at the height of his powers yeah. and Jimmy G is not making bonehead fucking decisions? My God. We knew McCaffrey was tremendous. good, but passing a touchdown, running two touchdowns, well, running and catching a touchdown. He Ooh, did it all. That's the two. Let's get through so let's get through some games for next week. Well, first of all, there's a slew of bye week teams. Uh the Denver Broncos, San Francisco Good. 49ers and Pittsburgh Steelers. All those teams on a bye for week 9. So yeah, less Pittsburgh Pittsburgh and Denver definitely need it. I'm mm-hmm. sure San Francisco would love to keep chugging along. Yeah. But you know, get an opportunity here to give McCaffrey even more caught up. Looks like he is. Uh, and then Raiders at Jaguars uh, this week. This is <sighs> garbage. Yes, it is a garbage game, but that makes it tough to pick, I think. Yeah, two-minute no-offense game. I, I would say, here's my, have I given out a tombstone yet? No, I don't think so technically. So I'm giving one out right now. It's the fucking Las Vegas Raiders. Mm. This has been a fucking abortion <laughs> of a season. <laughs> I am giving them a full tombstone and picking them to lose against the Jacksonville fucking Jaguars. God damn it, they looked awful all year. And it's not like they're missing a ton of dudes. They're just fucking bad. Yeah. No, they, they look bad. I think the uh, tombstone is warranted. It is our first tombstone of the year, given the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's surprising, but it warranted. Uh, but I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm still going to pick them. I'm going to pick them on the road because... That's the weird stuff that happens, and every time I think the Jaguars have a chance in a game, that's not the game as they win. So I'll that's take true. the Raiders in this one. But you're right, it's a very much a coin flip uh, future two-minute no-offense game. Lock it in. <laughs> Let's talk about the Thursday nighter. The Ravens won 27-22. Dan, you picked this one over me. I thought Tom Brady in a short week at home, you know, they'd get it done. He did have 325 yards, but no. Um 10 all in the third quarter. Ravens took the lead in the fourth and did not give it back. Ravens win. I think we have to confront the fact that the Buccaneers this year are not good. Mm. Their defense is fine, but their offense is wildly one-dimensional. It's just Tom Brady throwing the ball all over the motherfucker. Um, And that's not how Tom Brady's really ever won. He's always had a decent run game or one that could keep you off balance. And he doesn't. He doesn't have that. Uh, Lamar Jackson returned to form, not MVP form, but, you know, top 10, top 7, top 5 quarterback form. Looked great in this game and really took it over in the second half. Yeah. um, I was – it was nice to see a Ravens team that when they needed to put the game away, they were able to because that's something that's been a problem uh, here. But uh, they were able to do that. Tampa put points on the board in in the fourth quarter, but they disappeared in the middle of this game so much that it just didn't matter. And it didn't – again, this is one of those 27-22 didn't feel like it was that close. Oh, no. The Ravens have another primetime one. They go from Thursday now to Monday night. So they got themselves a nice uh, mini-buy. Get some rest, yeah. How that ha- worked out for them. And they're going to New Orleans. They're playing those Saints. Oh, I mean, they're better than the Saints in every way. And 
I would be more worried about the Mark Andrews injury if not for the fact that Isaiah oh, yeah. Likely was fantastic. Yeah, that's you true. You know, too. was like the player of the game for this fucking thing if, you know, if Lamar wasn't there. Um, you know, Mark Andrews should be able to get back within like a game or two even if he misses this one, but yeah, they they look like they've got tight ends galore down there in Baltimore. And uh, you know, New Orleans just isn't good this year. Yeah. We and we Isaiah Likely was a prospect of ours, wasn't he, on this show? I, I think we actually I listened to that podcast. We skipped him. Oh, we were supposed to. We were supposed to we examine him. We liked him. The name's not familiar, at least. Um, yeah. Coastal Carolina. Yeah, I'm going Ravens too. Uh, Saints just don't impress me enough that the prime time Ravens will take care of business in New Orleans. Uh, here's an interesting one: uh, the NFC championship game rematch of the LA Rams in Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. Who do you like in this one? This is funny because I know that the Rams seem like they're resetting the franchise a little bit. I mean, you might be moving, you know, I thought they were going to move on from Cam Akers. Cam Akers might sit the rest of the season. Yeah. I I wanted to check up. I thought Cooper Cup got injured Uh-oh. right near the end of that game. And I, I wanted to see if he's actually, okay, he's going to play Sunday. Since he's playing Sunday, I'm going to pick them to beat the Buccaneers. It's kind the of Buccaneers have not looked good at all this year, and I, I just pick them entering a free fall. Um, I feel better about McVay's ability to call a game when he's got Cooper Cup in there. I'm going to pick the Buccaneers to lose this game. Uh, sucks. Both teams have been a disappointment, um, and that's what makes this game hard to pick. But the Rams are a reasonable disappointment. You know, they won a Super Bowl. There's always a sort of hangover with that sort of thing. I guess. Um, Tampa, yeah. Tampa's is, yeah, they lost their offensive line and stuff like that. That's huge. Um, But they did what they could to try to add some weapons and some things to this to keep Tom Brady upright and going. But if you're not winning a short week game at home, I don't think you're going to take this Rams team either. I'm going to take the Rams on the road as well. This is, I think, one of the tighter games of the week, though, so I could see Tampa mm-hmm. doing it, but maybe it's just because they burned me uh, over in that Thursday night one that I just don't trust them now. <laughs> Even them at home, I'm not going to take them. Uh, Nobody's firing cannons this week. Not going to. Not going to. They're going to remain unlit. The Dolphins beat the Lions in Detroit 31-27. Another Lions game <sighs> where they came running out the gate. Uh they were up 27-17 at the half and then put up no points in the second half. They just disappeared on offense. Um, actually, neither team scored in the fourth quarter, so that's how it ended. 31-27, Dolphins win on the road. And I picked the Lions. That's right. This was one that we I forgot about, but you did pick the Lions. In fact, what reminded me was um, I got a message from uh, Liz saying, like I think Dan Wright might be the the only guy who has got any faith in these Lions, and that includes Lions fans. <laughs> I I was sitting there at the end of the first half, being like, "I told you, motherfuckers!" Yeah, they were and there. then I remembered what is our old adage about first half and second half. Mm-hmm. First half is a game plan, second half is talent, and oh boy, is Detroit bereft of talent. Yeah. Uh, Miami's real good, man. They're real good, but I thought Detroit had a chance to surprise them. They did surprise them, but the surprise didn't last four quarters, and that's your undoing. They were, God, they were fucking in this game the whole time too. They had, you know, they were never, 
They were never more than four points away from winning. And that's just, uh, yeah, I, it seemed like Miami just kind of sat on the ball and was able to run this down. I mean, they had one long drive at the end where, you know, they got to Miami 35 and it was pointless really for them to go for a field goal mm-hmm. and just, yeah, a deep pass and, and missed it. I mean, you've got to do better. They've got to do better. Um, that's what sucks. There was like two passes, I think, to Craig Reynolds and separate, not Craig Reynolds, um, Josh Reynolds, a couple parts in this game where it hit him in the hands. Like that last one going through his hands too. It was like, if he brings either of those in, it's a different game, but he wasn't able to do it. And you're right. They, they do lack the talent to kind of put some of these games away. Um, I don't know if it's going to cost the coach um, there in Detroit. <sighs> I hope it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel good for him. I know he's a fan favorite and team favorite there. Maybe that buys him one more season. But, oh, again, we're talking to these Lions. Just... This is player execution. I mean, you got to admit, I know that I have a love for Dan Campbell that borders on homosexual. But you've got to understand that he put them in a good position. They are not making plays when it counts. Players are supposed to make plays. The coaches gave them a game plan that you could beat Miami with. They couldn't execute. They couldn't get it done. There weren't a bunch of bonehead decisions made by Dan Campbell. They had the good game plan. That's the tough thing is there's not a lot of second-half corrections to make when you've got them on the ropes. Mm -hmm. But Miami made the corrections. Detroit couldn't catch up with it. Their team wasn't good enough. God, though, Detroit should be better than 1-6. This record, they're a 1-6 team that deserves to be like, you know, a little under 500. Like, this is just kind of embarrassing. I feel for the Lions. I believe they got rid of their defensive backs coach here this week. Um, he got also, fired. yeah, he's been garbage. Yeah. Aaron Aaron Glenn's <laughs> just, like, looking over his shoulder, like, getting real fucking worried. They have the Green Bay Packers coming to Detroit this week. It's a noon start. Uh, Packers at Lions. How do you feel about this one, Dan? <sighs> you know who I want to pick. <laughs> uh, you know who I want to pick. But, man... Just, I can't pick Detroit. In the, I know they're going to Detroit. I know it's a home game. I will say this, though. If Detroit wins this game, Dan Campbell saves his job. Mm. Because all you got to do is beat the Packers maybe once or twice a year, and people start to think, oh, maybe this team's showing some promise. Right. I think the Packers get right. If the Packers don't win this, that's a five-game losing streak, which hasn't happened to Aaron Rodgers his whole – when did he get drafted? It's like the fucking guy. Basically, the last time the Packers lost five games was 2006. Oh, right around. That's then. a long time ago. I think that might have been his first year starting. Yeah, you're. I think you're right. It's something like that, like in games where he was in, because obviously there was a year he broke his collarbone, things like that. But I think you're right. It's some stat like that. Um, I, you're right. I think the Packers. This is that quintessential get right game. Uh, that they'll they'll get a win from and make themselves feel a little better. Uh, I don't think I know if it'll fix anything. I think Detroit will take them to the wire, maybe, and I'll, I'll cheer for it. But I think Packers win it. Um, let's talk about your team's win from Sunday, Dan. Cowboys forty nine, Bears twenty nine. Uh, looks like the Bears figured out a way to put on some points on your Cowboys here in this game, but still lost by twenty. <laughs> well. I mean, we just fucked around near the end of the second quarter. <laughs> like, we really did. I mean, it was bizarre that, uh, you know, they got a touchdown. Fields looked pretty good in this game, um, I won't lie. Um, but 
honestly, it was like within 10 seconds they had, they had scored a touchdown, and then we threw an interception on one play, and then they got a field goal. Right at the end of the half, there was like a 10-point swing. So it was very bizarre. We went into the half um, worried. I, you know, it was an 11-point lead, but I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm suddenly fucking on edge about this. And then the third quarter, everything got quiet for the Bears, and uh, we just started teeing off a little bit. That fumble recovery for a touchdown by Micah Parsons was c'est magnifique. Yeah. I loved it. It was it was a perfect microcosm of the year the Cowboys are having versus the year the Bears are having. <sighs> Bears are doing a pretty good job, make one small mistake, and then make another small mistake, and it turns into a touchdown for the other team. We've looked fucking good. God damn, we look good defensively. It's a blast, man. And to handle a player like Justin Fields, these are tune-ups for guys like Jalen Hurts as mm-hmm. well. I mean, Justin Fields is a better athlete than Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is making great decisions and has a better team around him. But yeah, man, six and two Cowboys putting forty nine on the board. I feel good about that. Yeah, does it feel like the Bears are maybe playing some uh, play calls a little bit towards Fields's uh, game plan now, like a one oh, yeah. read run type of thing more than sitting back in a pocket? Yeah, they're not going full, you know, Lamar Jackson, but you can feel that the offense is starting to be like, hey, Justin, it's going to be you. Like, there's not a lot of other skill position players here. You know, David Montgomery's pretty good, but it's going to be on you, buddy. Mm-hmm. So start making the plays you feel are appropriate. And I, I, like I said, I didn't think he had a bad game. He was 17 for 23, 151 yards, and was a fucking demon, uh, you know, running the ball. He had 60 carries on eight, or 60 yards on eight carries with a TD. I'd, this is a really good Justin Fields game against an excellent Cowboys defense. Yeah. No, they put, I was surprised the amount of points they put up on your guys' uh, defense because it has been pretty stout this year. How do we feel about the Miami Dolphins coming to Chicago this week? It is Dolphins at Bears. I mean, the Dolphins are pretty good. They almost got surprised by Detroit, but I feel like they're getting better every week. You know, Tua's brain is solidifying back again. Um, I feel like Miami comes in here and takes care of business. Yeah, I like the matchup for the Dolphins. I think they can stretch out that uh, Bears defense a little bit with uh, running Tyreek Hill up and down the field on them. Uh, It seems to be working uh, the one-two with him and uh, Waddle. So I'll take the Dolphins in Chicago as well. Your Dallas Cowboys a bye week for week nine. I think we need to take a moment here, Dan, before – the season turns pear shape on one of us to just say, God dang it, we're, we're pretty damn lucky right now. As a podcast? Is, yeah. We're, we're, this is the best we've ever done. Smile ear to ear. You gotta, I mean, we're gloating here. How many How many wins you got, buddy? I got six. How many you got? I got six. Isn't it feel, feel great? Good. I feel great. Feels it damn feels great. feels fantastic. It feels damn great. Uh, <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about the Monday Nighter. Um, and then uh, one more after that, and we'll wrap it up for the night. Browns, 32. Bengals, 13. I mean, this thing was 25 to nothing into the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. Amazing, yeah, that the Browns can put up a game like this where we've seen them put up some stinkers here this year. But uh, Chubb, two touchdowns. Cooper, that was their offense. And then their defense, five sacks. Yeah, Joe Burrow's got to do a better job earlier on in the games. I mean, these were basically three and outs, like, you know, the entire first half. He just looked terrible, like, start to finish. Um, You could almost feel like the Browns were kind of letting them get back into the game. But, yeah, even 
even the score of 32 to 13, it was not this close. Mm-hmm. It was an absolute fucking drubbing by Cleveland, which I did not expect. I know Cincinnati was on the road, but this should be a wake up call for the Bengals at four and four. Um, you know, Cleveland at three and five. I mean, it's still tough in the NFC, the AFC North, but, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow's got to get it going. Joe Mixon has got, they've got to start running Joe Mixon more. Um, because when you take away the threat of the run for the Cincinnati Bengals, they just tee off on Burrow. And that offensive line still has not gelled, and it just becomes a, a tidal wave. Um, and that's kind of how this game felt. Once they stopped running it, once Mixon was no longer a threat, they just teed off ears back, you know, coming at Joe Burrow, and he's just trying to get the ball out of his hands as fast as he can. Yeah, I. They didn't have Jamar Chase, but that can't be the whole reason why that... uh, Still got T. Higgins. Yeah, that Bengals defense just completely iced up. Like, most of that game just couldn't be found. I think a lot of it was pass rush. I mean... And Cheeto Bayouzier is going to be out for the rest of the year with an ACL. That's a huge loss. Yeah, yeah. It's tough for the Bengals. And I was last week about ready to say, like, you know, forget the rest of this division. It is a Bengals-Ravens race in the AFC North, and that's all it is, but... Bengals are going to do this in Cleveland, then the Browns can't be taken out of it. I mean, no. In a few more weeks, they got a different quarterback at the helm. So we'll see, yeah, where they go from here. The Cleveland Browns have a bye week for week nine, so they can take this in here. The uh, Bengals go home. They got the uh, Panthers coming to town. It is the Carolina Panthers, who all of a sudden have gotten kind of spunky. They're getting Cincinnati. Feel spunky. Yeah. Spunky, not talented, mm. uh, very spunky. And then, uh, yeah, I just don't uh, – I, I still don't have a ton of belief in the Panthers, so I'm going to take Cincinnati. Um, I, I think Cincinnati definitely needs to get more balance on the offense, or otherwise, once again, this is a pretty good Panthers defense that could pin the ears back, but the Bengals need to have this win. Yeah. They've just got to get it. Yeah, you can't drop this one, Cincinnati. At home, I know it's outside your conference, but it's a team you're supposed to beat, so – I'll take Cincy as well. I'll take them to win it. The only other game we haven't talked about yet, Dan, is Titans-Texans. It's 17-10. I'll leave this one for the end because it really was a yawn. Could be a two-minute no offense, but I feel like we throw Texans in there all the time, and the Titans when we can. Um, but this one was started by Willis uh, as Tannehill didn't, wasn't healthy enough to go. Uh, that was a problem. He is... A rookie, and most of that game, if you watch, was them talking about how he's got to get his feet under him, and he's got to learn some more stuff, and he's just not ready because he went six for ten, fifty-five yards. That's all they had Malik Willis do in this game. Uh, it was all the running game. Derrick Henry over two hundred yards on thirty-two carries, um, and then on the other side of the ball, Mills did what he could. They Texans, although really weren't in this game, it was. I think it was 17. It, they got that last touchdown pretty late for Houston. To give you an idea of how fucking good Derrick Henry is, everybody knew, <laughs> every single person in the stadium, in the parking lot, in the state of Texas, knew that the Titans were just going to run the goddamn ball all day. And it didn't matter. Derrick Henry ran the ball 32 times averaging almost seven yards a carry. Malik Willis, they say the easiest job in the NFL is backup quarterback. The easiest job in the NFL might be Tennessee Titans quarterback. (laughs) You don't have to do shit. Malik Willis didn't do shit. Yeah. And you can't get on Malik Willis for that. I mean, he's a rook. 
It's not going to look sharp, of course. But what a great game to be introduced to the NFL is, hey, Tannehill's out, but he's going to come back. Uh, Derek Henry's in the backfield. Just hand it to him. Try not to throw 10 interceptions, and I think we'll probably be all right. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to – you're going to get into that and out of that huddle every time, call a play that you're getting in from there. You know, all of that is important, and you're going to get some reps in game. We're just going to ask you to give it to a guy that can put 220 on on a team in a day. Good Lord. So uh, the Titans, yeah, that's that's their MO. That's what they need. And unfortunately for them, that's all that is needed to win that division. So they run away with that one in the south again. Uh, but sometimes you pull a tough, uh, a tough pull each week. And Sunday Night Football, they're going to Kansas City. It is Titans at Chiefs. I know they've had some past success against Kansas City, but this is a different Titans team. What do you think? Scott, remind me, did the Kansas City Chiefs play this weekend? No, they're coming off a bye. Oh, Which dear. Which means Andy Reid is coming off a bye. Blood in the water. If Andy Reid was coming off a bye, and Andy Reid was about to get hit by a fucking train, <laughs> that train would bend around the wheel of Andy Reid. <laughs> There is something impervious about Andy Reid and a bye. And I know this Titans team is hell of a running game, but Andy Reid off a bye is goddamn near undefeatable. So, and he's got Patrick Mahomes. Let's not let's not discount the fact that he's got a really, Under really good Chiefs Under the lights in Kansas City? Yeah, this is a Chiefs win, baby. I mean, Andy Reid's been prepping for this for weeks. Now, I don't know. Maybe Andy Reid post-Super Bowl win is not as crazy about bye weeks, but goddamn, his bye week record is insane. Yeah. No, I'm I'm interested to see the difference in the AFC between the elite teams and the other playoff teams that'll be happening here uh, Sunday night. So I'm going with you. I'm going Chiefs. And then the last game we get to pick this week is the one that starts off the week. Thursday night football. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to Houston. They're playing the Houston Texans. <sighs> Now, no one is saying you have to pick games a certain way. I'm certainly not saying it. You have this idea in your head that you can't pick a certain team. It's obviously not helping. It's not helping this team or anything. So you continue to do what you want to do. But in the end, you're not going to come back on these picks and say, well, the reason why I didn't do good in picks is because X, Y, Z and the Philadelphia Eagles. Give me the goddamn Houston Texans and an upset. <laughs> all right, all right. There it is, then. I'm taking the Eagles. Uh, let's run through the games that we uh, picked opposite, because I like doing this um, when we had Oh, and Andy Reid's record after a bye? Tell me. 20 and 3. I was going to say, I know he's at least lost some, but 20 and 3 is nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. 23 years in the league. Um, obviously, so. 12 and 1 at home, by the way. This Eagles and Texans game is one that we picked different. Uh, also, Colts and Patriots, right? You got the Colts? Yeah, I took the Colts. Um, that Raiders and Jaguars one, that gives us a reason to pay attention to that one. That's yeah. nice. Uh, Seahawks. I think, we're, and, I think we're mad that we actually have to pay attention to it now. Yeah, yeah one eye. Seahawks, Cardinals. Yeah. And then finally, I think, no, that's that's it, those four. I think so, yeah. Liz will listen to the podcast. She'll tell Cardinals. us <laughs> Raiders, Jaguars, yeah. Yep, those are four. That's the game. So uh, at the end of last week, we finished even now. We both have 70 correct for the season. That's not 
It's not a great uh, picking, but we're in there. We're amongst the where we should be probably at this time. We're we're about five hundred. You yeah. know, we'd like to be at the eighty to ninety picks uh, correct range, but so be it. It is what it is. We'll see where we are after week nine. Also, that's about midseason, so maybe we'll take some time there to do some uh, midseason picks, things like that. I mean, if the the news doesn't blow up like it does here and and uh, ruin us for time as it did, but otherwise, yeah. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to this one. We we love doing this each and every week. So come back where you got this one and listen to it, whether it is on our website, thepushoffpodcast.com, or any app that that holds podcasts. You can you can go on there, and the apps love that you hit the subscribe button, and then you can just turn your notifications on every Wednesday morning. We'll just we'll just we'll poke you, tell you the hey, podcast yeah. is here, put us in your ear. We're on Truth Social. We're on MySpace. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Ebaum's World. We're all over the internets. Um, all up in them internets. All right, let's wrap up this show. I am getting uh, getting silly here. Uh, here's some crazy stats, <laughs> Dan. Um, oh, well, we were talking about the trades. There was 12 yep. trades made uh, today, the most ever on the final trade day of the season, Twenty in-season trades total. I will give you another stat that's fun. Mm -hmm. As far as in-season trades, seven of them are former first-round picks. That's a lot of of juice uh, getting shifted around the league. Here's another thing on first-round picks. From 2017 to 2019, six tight ends were drafted in the first round. Only one of those has received an extension from their original team. Yeah, do you know who? 27, 2017 to 2019. Yeah. Six tight ends in that group, and there's one guy that did get any uh, extension. First round? Yeah, a first round guy. Give it to me. Hayden Hurst. I think it was just like a year oh. for Cincy. The other guys oh, yeah. that... Oh, yeah, like, man, uh, Hayden Hurst isn't even there anymore. Yeah, right, but he did before he left. The other guys that were drafted in the first round, O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram... Yeah. David Nujoku, TJ Hawkinson, and Noah Fant. Most of them are shipped Funny. off somewhere else. Uh, that's my crazy like stats. It. So, Dan, the only thing left for tonight is your parting words of wisdom. There are many different calendars used by cultures around the world. There's the Gregorian calendar. There's the Orthodox calendar. There's the Chinese calendar. There's the Islamic calendar. But I prefer the NFL football calendar. And in this NFL football calendar, more specifically the Dallas Cowboys schedule calendar, we are officially halfway. We are 6-2. and two, But the season, once this week is over, is more than half done. We have got ourselves a fucking hoot nanny, everybody. This is one of the more fun seasons I've ever been able to watch. There are more any given Sunday sort of games than I can recall in the last five years. If we just maintain the level of play we've had in 2022, this will go down as one of the better seasons of NFL football that I can remember. Get fucking stoked. And if it winds up sucking in the second half, blame Scott. (laughs) No, I'm the talent. What are we talking about? (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Another episode of the Push Off Podcast. I am Scott. And this is Dan. And we will see you here next week. I know it. Goodbye.